the Mom Village podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Village. We are so excited you're here with us. My name is Gismari Ramos, and I'm here with my ladies, Kira Kelly. Hey, ladies. And Kristen Scroggins. Hi, ladies. And we are here in part two of Loss and Redemption with our amazing guest, Brittany Price Brooker. And she shared with us in part one a little bit about her story, who she is, her beautiful family, her story, how she became a widow at a young age, and how God has been redeeming her story in Patrick was her first husband and her husband now, Daniel. But she's going to talk to us a little bit more about her story and her kiddos. But before we start, Brittany, can you say hi to our village once again and a little bit really quick more about you and the names of your kids? Yeah. Hey, friends. It's so good to be back with you again. Yes. So I have kids. I know, I know. We we think about it too. We think about it. It just messes you up when you're trying to figure it out. But they are 11, 10, 9, almost 8, 6, and then 5 months. Oh my wow. word. We're not going to ask for the birthday. We're not that cruel. But <laughs> Exactly. Well, well, Brittany, in the first episode, you talked so much and encouraged our hearts about the promises and the provisions of God through this whole process of loss and redemption. And, and one of the things I heard you say that I just continue to hear is there is treasure in the darkness. And we're just yeah. so grateful that you have whatever stage moms may be in and whatever loss that we've all felt, whether it's the loss of a spouse or a child or a friend or a relationship that you have pointed us back to the Word of God, and we are so grateful for that. And as you mentioned, you now have a house full. There are six under your roof, which is, I know it's very fun. And as you described yourself as the, what did you say, the chaos, chaos coordinator, chaos coordinator <laughs> which I know moms listening are, are can definitely identify with that. that. That's going to be my new hashtag. <laughs> I know, really. But can you tell us a little bit, as we're talking now in, in part two about your the redemption story that God is unfolding in your life and the life of your, your kiddos, can you tell us a little bit about Laurel Grace and who she she is. And just tell us a little bit more about your new family with Daniel and, and how you all came together and, and how is it to have that blended family? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So going back, so literally the night Patrick passed away in the middle of the night, I woke up sobbing and I was like, I will never have a little girl with Patrick's blue eyes. Mm. And it was just this huge loss because I wanted to have majority boys, but I wanted to have like maybe one or two girls. And, you know, I just thought I would never marry, never have a kid 
again. I mean, obviously, like you just think you're going to be a widow forever. Mm -hmm. And so when we got married, we were not planning on having any other children. We have a lot of different traumas that we're navigating in our home and there's a lot. And then the Lord started to stir something in our hearts and our kids started praying for a kid and Mm. a baby. And we're like, (laughs) oh my word, what are you doing? And so we actually had gone to a doctor because of a lot of different things going on. And basically this doctor looked at us and it was like, you have the worst case scenario, you probably will never have a kid together. But if maybe if y'all are like the praying type, I'd probably pray. But if not, just go live your life. Mm. And so we were like, okay, Lord, like that's not your will. And we will just want to trust you and enjoy the people, the little sweet treasures that we do have. So literally five months later, the Lord had opened my womb and filled it with this precious little baby and talk about the shock of my life. When I found out it was a girl, because I was like, no, I mean, I don't even produce girls. How does this happen? (laughs) And my husband's family, Daniel, they have, there's seven boys in their family and one girl. And then in my family, I have all brothers. And so there's, and then all the grandkids are majority boys. I mean, it's just like a girl is a rare thing. And so anyways, long the Lord blessed us with this precious little baby. And it was a journey getting her here. I was on bed rest and pretty much didn't move much for almost six months total of different movement, three months of strict bed rest. But the Lord brought this precious little baby, precious gift from God. And her name is Laurel Grace, which means a crown of victory because of grace. Mm -hmm. Because we believe her very life is a reminder that the enemy got defeated and victory happened because her life means that we chose to live after loss and did yeah. not give in to, you know, the people that are alive, but they chose to die a long time ago in their hearts and their lives. And so, and the crazy thing is she has blue eyes. Daniel <laughs> and I both have hazel eyes and she happens to have blue eyes, which is just another sweet little gift from God. But she's been a really like a, just a healing balm to all of her hearts. It's been amazing to see how the kids have attached to her and love her. And she's just this little joy in our home. So we have been so thankful. Blending a family has been very interesting and unique. And it has made me so desperate for Jesus because there is no handbook on it. Mm -hmm. There's no way that you can know how to navigate it. And honestly, we all came into this marriage, into this family based on loss. So nobody came in like on the positive realm. We all came in with the negative stuff behind us. And so we've just asked the Lord to do what only he can do and he has done it. So we are still a progress and we're still desperate for Jesus and still asking God to heal the places that only the touch of God can do. But it has been a journey where we have seen God being the sustainer and he has been so good and kind to us in the midst. So Brittany, you, so you have three boys and Daniel had a girl and a boy, which they, yes. he adopted with Lindsay. And now you guys have beautiful baby, this baby, Laurel Grace. So, yes. So you say that you, you guys are a blended family. There's a lot of things that you guys navigate. So what, what are some challenges your family and you guys personally, you as a mom, as a wife, face during the holidays due to this lost journey? I mean, you guys have many challenges as a blended family, but also how do you guys 
overcome those hurdles and you know and you you make it to so you guys can turn into each other and grow closer as a family because like you said there's no handbook there's no one two three steps like no there's no perfect book that you can read and be like okay we did it you know because they figure it out we're like the perfect example of how to do this these are unique situations and yet how do you guys navigate that daily yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to be so real with you guys. Please, here please, yeah, please. We're going there. Go uh, but as a mom, honestly, one of the hardest things I've ever walked through in my life is remarriage with blending a family with kids that come from really hard places. Mm-hmm. And there are trauma and places that I can't touch. And I, mm-hmm. no matter how much you love someone, no matter how much you try to point them to the Lord, there are areas that only the Lord, like they just have to they have to want it to, you know? And so we have navigated so much with literally knowing that I'm not enough. And as a mom, the reality is we are not enough and Jesus is. And so having to realize when you feel like you're failing, when you feel like, God, there's so many gaps in these parentings and there's so many heavy things and there's layers upon layers that we need healing to happen. And so I think with that, you know, death broke me, but blending a family has humbled me. Mm. And there's a difference between both of those. And I think I've gotten to a place where I am like, Lord, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I need you so much because I feel like I'm failing all the time in this motherhood journey. Because what my kids navigate is so much bigger than what you would think it is. And there's so much more layers than any normal nuclear family. And so with that, I have to also say, God, you have the grace and you have the breakthrough. And that is something that we as all moms, no matter what our situation is, we have to be able to know that Jesus is the one that can do the breakthrough in our kids' lives and hearts. And so being in that place where you say, God, help me to do this and lead me. And you know, the Holy Spirit is so kind and so gracious. And I cannot tell you how many times I was doing dishes late at night where the word would just prompt my heart. There's something with one of the kids and I would go and check on them. They were crying or something would happen and God would just give me an insight of a question to ask the kids. And y'all would have never come up with that on my own. And I still don't ever come up with that on my own. But the Holy Spirit is so kind and gracious to lead us in the way that we should go when we rely on him, when we, when we try to do it in the strength of God and not our own strength. Because let me tell you, I am so weak and I am so not equipped for this calling. And I cannot even tell you how many times I'm like, God, you called the wrong girl <laughs> for this job. But in that, the Lord reminds me, yeah, because I didn't call you to do this in your power. I called myself and Jesus is going to make you through and I'm going to pull you through. And it is me. That's all you need is me. And it's a good place to be where you're so broken before God saying, I'm so weak. You have to show up. But as far as holidays go, there are One of the hardest things I navigate is I feel the pressure of trying to honor all the people. Mm. And it feels like a lot because there's already a lot of people in our home to try to make feel special and loved and make sure that they're remembering the reason for the season and why we Mm. do what we do. But then we have a lot of birthdays and holidays and we have four families. And so sometimes I can really struggle with the pressure of, am I doing this right? Am I pouring enough in them? And then there's, the Lord is just so kind in the midst, but we just have to literally lay it before him and say, God, no, I can't honor everyone. Well, I don't have the ability to do everything well. So this is what I can do. And this is, 
this is what I have, Lord. It's not much to offer. Would you multiply it? And I can't tell you how many times I've brought, you know, the loaves and the fishes to Jesus and say, God, would you multiply what I have? (laughs) And that's the sweet thing of God is he just wants what we have. He meets us right where we are and he knows where to find us. And sometimes all we have is a little bit. And there are times where I feel like I have nothing to offer and God makes a way. But I think holidays are a tender time, but also they can be such a sweet time of making memories and saying, you know what, devil, you do not win in this situation. You are not going to steal how many months out of the year by it being a tender time, we are going to reflect on the goodness of God, that there is Emmanuel who came to be God with us. And so holidays, you can either allow it to make you more bitter or you can allow it to make you better. And Mm -hmm. with the betterness of knowing that we know Jesus greater and that Christmas has such a sweet, (laughs) sweet meaning now because we have experienced Emmanuel, God with us, a child that came down to make a way so that death did not win and that this is not our life forever that there will one day be a heaven where all may be made right and forever in the presence of God, where every tear will be wiped away. And literally all that was wrong will be made right. And that came because of a baby and it came at Christmas. And so when we reflect on what really is the meaning and the heart and then just ask God to multiply what we have and that we would honor him in the midst right where we are. Brittany, I mm. love that. Oh my gosh. I That's love everything. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love, I love everything you're sharing. And I love how you're sharing with our, with our mom village, the reality, like it's okay that we don't have it together because we don't. And that's why God does it. So we can rely on him. And our pastor says something that I really love. Kristen, your husband says this all the time. He's like, that it's okay. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. And I love that because that's, that should be every mom's like logo because we, we don't have it together. But then sometimes the world puts this pressure that we need to have it together and it's okay not to be okay. But what is not okay is to stay not okay. Yeah. That's a really good word right there. Absolutely. You know, Brittany, part, part of how God allows us to heal from grief is like the community of people that he puts in our path to, you know, walk with us and to lift us up when, when we feel like we can't go on. But sometimes that community doesn't really know what to say whenever they see someone experiencing loss. And I'm sure that you have had all kinds of crazy questions or offensive things said to you, not even meaning it to be. But one of my questions would be for our village of of those of us who want to say the right thing, want to ask the right questions, but we really don't know how or what to say. In your opinion, what are the right questions that someone should ask a friend or a loved one who's experiencing loss? And then what are some of the questions we shouldn't ask? Yeah, so there's a lot in that. And my husband, Daniel, one thing he always says is don't tell somebody they're going to be okay. Stay with them until they can say I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And I think the reality is so many people are like, well, let me know if you need anything. Just let me know if you need something. I'm telling you, I couldn't tell you what I needed at all. I was in a fog and you were in that fog and grief for a long time. Mm -hmm. But people literally showed up and did it. And if I could encourage your village to do anything to people that are hurting, it's literally 
show up and do it. If you have an idea like, you know what, I wonder if her kids have snacks and you just show up with a basket of snacks or bag of snacks and you may think it's so random, but you never know behind that door that that mom was going, all my kids are sick and I have nothing and they're hungry and that, you know, the mom had a fever and you showed up with snacks and the kids could just eat whatever, you know, and survive because we all have those days, y'all, where our kids live on granola bars. Oh, yes. Um, (laughs) So listening to the Holy Spirit when he prompts you to do things, I mean, I cannot even tell you how many times people showed up on my doorstep and it was a direct answer from God. And the person felt super awkward showing up and doing what God had prompted them to do because they're like, okay, am I really hearing from the Lord? Is he really telling me this? And then them doing the uncomfortable obedience God used as a direct direct answer to prayer. And so that happened so many times. I mean, there was my first Mother's Day. I was bathing all the kids by myself at home, and I literally just prayed. I said, God, I can't do this. I am so overwhelmed with grief and pain. I feel so lonely. I feel like I can't even finish bathing my kids. And at that time, literally seconds later, the doorbell rang. My friend that lives 45 minutes away, okay, has five kids of her own, said, I know this is crazy, but about an hour ago, the Lord told me to get up and go to Brittany Price's house and go help her finish bathing her babies and getting her kids ready for bed. Are you kidding me? So God had sent the answer to prayer before I even had prayed it. And that person obeyed. And because she obeyed, it fueled her faith and it fueled my faith. And so it is a gift to be able to give and to serve and to love people. But sometimes we can feel awkward doing it. And so I would just encourage you when you have those like, Holy Spirit ideas, if you wonder if it's the Holy Spirit doing it or not, I would just, just do it. You know, obey when God gives you those insights. And then the safest thing you can say is, I'm sorry. You know, we don't have to come in and have an answer because the reality is I will never know why my husband passed away ever. I'm never going to know why we are called to all this pain until eternity. And that's okay. So when people try to come in and justify or explain it, or he's in a better place or whatever, all those things can cause pain. But one thing is people walking through something, they don't want sympathy. They want empathy. And the difference between that is empathy is going, I cannot even imagine how you're feeling right now and entering someone's pain with them. And sometimes that looks like sitting with them. Sometimes that means crying with them. Sometimes that just means listening to them. But a safe thing we can always say is, I'm so sorry, or I can't imagine what you're feeling, or I'm so sorry for the pain, or you're not forgotten in your pain. I think the biggest reality is that people need to know that they are not forgotten where they are. When the funeral, you know, finishes and everyone else's reality comes back and it's good yet everything in your life has changed and it's not good people coming back and entering into that and going I know you're still hurting Mm -hmm. and I know it still stings and then mentioning that person's name you know sometimes people are like well I don't want to say anything because I don't want them to hurt or to bring up the reality is every second of every day that person is thinking of that person that passed away and they're hurting so you saying something is not going to be like oh really I can't believe they Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. true. That, that was his name. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so Thank you for reminding me. That. 
But they're encouraged that you haven't forgotten. Mm. And they're encouraged that you are willing to enter the awkward so that somebody can also enter and bring comfort. And when we choose to do that, that brings so much comfort. And just remembering people, I mean, it can be the simplest little thing, but just doing it, just showing up and doing it instead of asking if you can do something. Yeah, I I love that you said that because, you know, when you experience loss and grief, it's so painful and overwhelming. You can't you can't even think straight. So like for someone to say, let me know if you need anything. What? I don't even know my name. You know, like. Yeah, exactly. So and then you just you you just even if it's well intended, it feels like they don't really mean it. They're just like, that's a nice thing to say. Kind of like, how are you doing today? As they're walking by when even when I lost my dad, he was out of town. And so we, I was driving back into town and one of my friends was like, can I bring you dinner? And I'm like, no, no, we're good. Well, she, she, she made like three meals and brought them to the house, which my kids were all probably like, mom, why did you say we're good? We know you're not going to cook anything. But she had lost her mom several years ago. And so she knew what, you know, what we were going to need. And there's basic stuff that you need, you know, that people don't think about or even like, yo, I don't know how my clothes got cleaned or how I had diapers or how my kids had food, but it just happened. And I still don't know how it all happened except for people just showed up and did it. So, And when you walk through loss, you live your life different because I will never look at somebody that goes through pain the same ever again or show up or say, just let me know. Now I just, you just have to choose to do it. Yeah. So Brittany, I gotta, I gotta share a story because <laughs> you, you were talking and I, this, this just happened recently. I mean, and I, I had that awkward or confused moment. So sadly, one of our neighbors just lost her husband mm-hmm. literally a couple of days ago. And I was on my way to church with my kids. They had their little groups with their ages and we have some Bible study and everything. And it's it's on Wednesday. So Wednesdays are long days for us. So I always leave the crock pot and everything cooking. And as on our way out, you know, I see a lot of families and cars coming down, come in, you know, with flowers. And in my heart, I was like, oh, my gosh, don't tell me, you know, I, I we, we had no idea he was in the hospital. And then I went and asked and, you know, then that was the news that he has passed away and they're not believers. And uh, we've been praying for them and ministered to them. We love them. They're being our neighbors for more than over 10 years. We love them dearly. It was really shocking. Yet, like you said, I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, no, you're not going anywhere. You're going to put all the food that you have for your family in platters, you're going to call your other neighbors and you're going to take it to them. And I'm looking at myself, I'm like, okay, okay, I can do that. But then I'm like, I don't know if they're already, because I saw these family members with bags and everything. Maybe they have food, you know, you start, you start, I feel like, I feel like the enemy starts putting excuses on you of how you shouldn't do what the Lord is telling you. And I was like, you know what? No, forget it. If they have extra, you know what? They have extra, but I'm going to do it. So we did it. We got our next door neighbors who loved them very much. They, they, she, she loves to bake. So she had a lot of baked goods and we just knock on their door with food in their hands. And little did we know that they just, they just, it was such a blessing to them just to see us just carrying food that the day that their husband passed away, we were the first ones there just Mm. bringing meals, just telling them, I'm so sorry. And just hugging them. And, and, his wife just came and hugged me and and 
I every you were talking right now and I just I was listening to you, but I was visualizing her eyes and and I can see it what you were saying in her eyes because she doesn't care what we had. She didn't care about the menu. She didn't ask me yeah. if I had enough for 15 to 20 people. She just what it mattered it was the fact that I took the time to get there that the yeah. day that her husband passed away, we were the first one to show God's love there. And I think I think that was the Lord saying, hey, this is me ministering. This yeah. is me doing, like we said here, being the church out there. Yeah. This is me being the gospel. So sometimes we mm -hmm. feel like we have to say, like you said, we have to say like the, the most proper word or something or, or a Bible verse. But sometimes what you, what you just said, Brittany, is just, just being there and say, so sorry. Yeah. Yep. And just being obedient, you know, whatever that looks. And everyone has different gifts. That's the beautiful body of Christ mm -hmm. is, you know, I'm not in this season right now where I can make a big, huge gourmet meal. And I used to love doing that, but I'm not in this season. But you know what? I can order some food that can be delivered on a doorstep. Yeah. Or one of my favorite things is Instacart. You can literally order a bunch of lunch things and it gets dropped off for someone and bottled waters or whatever. But Everyone is called to love people and you might be very gifted in prayer where you mm -hmm. are a prayer warrior and God tells you to keep consistently praying for someone. Maybe you're gifted with decorating and, you know, they just went through loss and so they don't have their Christmas tree stuff up and you say, mm -hmm. hey, I would love to come just put that up so that your kids could enjoy Christmas because you know what? When I was going through that, that was a hard thing where I felt like it was a lot of courage to do. So, you know, everyone is gifted in different ways. And that's the beauty of the body Christ is that we work together. And I'm telling you, I am a different person today because the community of God showed up when it was awkward and they obeyed God. And I got to see Jesus with skin on because people obeyed. So, Brittany, you have helped us out a lot as a church and as moms some of the more practical things that we can do as we, you know, try to minister to someone who is in that season of loss. And we're really grateful for that. What I want to ask you as far as that is like, so you mentioned earlier when you lose someone and the funeral happens and everyone leaves and then you're left there and you in particular, you were left there with three babies. Um, when did it all stop? You know, should we, you know, six months down the line, should we still be extending ourselves to those who may have lost? Should it be a year? You know, I know there's no time frame, but it, it sounds like your community came and embraced you and really loved on you and took care of you and your family. So tell us, is there a time limit of, of how we can be loving on mom, single moms or widows, not only during the holiday season, but throughout their entire loss journey? Yeah, I mean, it's a hard journey and it's a forever journey. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, your situation's different. For me, my my people literally loved on me and, and was the father to the fatherless until the Lord brought an earthly father into my kid's life. Mm -hmm. And they still show up. I mean, we had the six year anniversary several months ago. And I mean, I had a friend that came and brought Patrick's favorite coffee and brought a note mm -hmm. and brought stuff to my kids and said, I just want you to know, I know it still hurts and that you are loved and that Patrick's missed and he's so proud of you. Mm -hmm. And then just acknowledging that and just like, I cried the fact that they're like, Patrick's proud of you because you do. You're like, I wish she could see this or, you know, all these different things. But and then there's widows that I know that they had young kids when everything happened, but now they're raising teenagers by themselves and they really need a dad. 
and they need mentors that are going to step up and they need the football coaches that are investing in them. And they need the mentors in church to say, Hey, can I take your son out to Waffle House (laughs) and talk about purity and encourage them in that. And so the body of Christ, everyone's situation's different and timetables are different, but you know, Loss is a lifelong journey. I mean, the sting of death is the reality of the fallen and broken sin cursed world that we live in. But so is the hope of glory in this world that we live in. And Jesus uses his people for widows. I'd say for me, it got worse before it got better because it's like you're shocked at first. And then the reality, you know, you're kind of scared about living life without them. And then one day you're like, oh my word, we actually are living without him. And that's a crazy thing and that we have to continue. So I wouldn't say that everyone's timetable is the same. Everyone's is different. And I just pray, I mean, God's heart for the fatherless and the widow is so special and so sweet. And for single moms that are doing it by themselves and we need each other. And also to encourage those single moms out there, you need to ask for help too. You know, God did not create us to be mom or dad and we do not have it all. And so us being humble to say, Hey, to that mentor of ours, Hey, can my, can you teach my son how to play baseball? You know, can, you know, whatever, asking those different questions and receiving help and saying mentors are a good thing and that we cannot do this on our own, but we need our village to come and link hands and say, we are with you and we can do it together for the glory of God. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us for these two episodes of, you know, grieving and loss and redemption. You have been such a blessing to the three of us. And I'm confident that those of our mom village that listens to this will be so encouraged by you. And what amazes me, no matter who we interview is, you know, sometimes you think, well, this is just a little, a little small segment of people who have experienced loss. And that's true in the same way that you have, but all of us have experienced loss somehow. And these truths of scripture that you have shared of how God has brought you to the place you are is applicable to all of us, no matter what we're walking through. And so we're just grateful that you allow the Lord to use you and even the darkest places of your life to be a blessing to others and to spur them on in their faith. And so thank you so much for joining us today. And we're grateful for you. And so ladies, we're going to sign off now. Mom Village, we hope that you have the merriest of Christmases and that we do a great job, all of us, of pointing our children to this good father that we know through his son, Jesus, during this holiday season. We love you, Mom Village. Brittany, thanks again. Let's sign off, ladies. Ready? One, two, three. Bye. Bye.